The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after after show. show. It's the after show, everybody. The show after the show. And with us is still Nick and Nicholas Perdomo. They hung on and stayed with us. And uh, today we're going to talk a little about the Perdomo Factory Tour and how you can start planning now to be part of that and see their their factory and and learn so much about uh, the tobacco they use in there and how their factory operates. I think it's great for any consumer. Uh, Nick, this is uh, when you bring on consumers uh, to go. Also, retailers go. Also, employees of the retail all mixed together, which is interesting. Um, the first time that I went on, a, I've been to your factory many times before. You started the tour, but when you did, I didn't like the idea of mixing the consumers and the other manufacturers. And I said, uh, geez, I'll be there with other retailers and my, my consumers and all this. I don't know. And I was wrong. Uh, that it was actually really good because all these little sessions break out at nighttime where you're meeting with all these people. You know, as uh, somebody who's not in the business, I was wondering, (laughs) do I really need to be there for this merchandising thing? It was fascinating. Yeah, it It is. It really is. That was a question I was going to ask, too, that, um, you know, where the, the retailer is there, sometimes the owner, sometimes just staff, you're teaching us merchandising at the same time. And what does the retailer, what does the consumer care? It was very interesting, you know, because you really get a sense of how you're being sold to, not just in the cigar industry, but all products. Yeah. So tell us a little about that. So I, I think it's good to mix all three because sometimes you're so close to it being a retailer that you don't know really sometimes what the consumer is looking for or gotcha. at or at just to buy a product. Um, we had a retailer who brought a, a big consumer with him, and he thought his store was unbelievable. And the consumer who was his biggest consumer said, I think your store sucks. The only reason I go to it wow. is because it's the closest store to me. But if someone opened up, 10 miles from me, I would go to that store because mm-hmm. your store is a shit show and is what it is. And he was blown away and he changed his whole concept. And he wrote me many times thanking me wow. by, by going that. That's so Because that's constructive criticism. Yeah. And I know it might have been painful at the moment. Yeah, it was painful because it was yeah. embarrassing. Everybody heard it. And there yeah. was other retailers, other consumers, but... It works, and you get to see what the consumer likes, how many cigars left in a box, why he won't buy those particular cigars. There's a a multitude of things, and the consumers are basically our customers, right? So we know that. So it's important to not only get their input, but for them to learn 
and they don't really complain about a cigar being ten dollars when they come back from that trip when they see how much it entails for us to make a cigar for them and everybody is learning at the same time you know these tours are different they're not drunk fest they're they're educational tours and i think if people are going to make the trek to go to nicaragua we should teach them everything about what we do we've been doing it for 24 years we've had over nine thousand people come on this tour um, I've counted four people that I would never invite back. That's a pretty good percentage when you think yeah. of all the people, and people really enjoy. We fired it. that guy. Yeah, no, it wasn't a premier <laughs> store. But Nicholas and I are going to be doing some of the tours together this year because we have so many people to go. I used to do forty-four at a shot, so they come in Saturday, they leave Wednesday, or they, another group comes in Tuesday and leaves Saturday, so they're back to back to back. And I was doing eighty-eight, 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 and it was just too many. So I'm backing it down to 32 per per trip and uh i love it i love to show it i know nicholas does arthur does and it's worked out very well we've built a we've built a, a great customer base not only with the work we've done on the road by meeting you guys the consumers but also for you guys to see what we do too i think it's very important and i've got to say the the vertical integration really makes for a very comprehensive tour yeah i think oddly enough my favorite part was the box factory could it be really is very interesting and speaking of boxes the most unbelievable thing you get all these checks and balances through the whole three thousand plus processes and at the end the box is packed it's ready to be sealed and the girl takes every cigar out and checks the box <laughs> one go. more fucking time like it's unnecessary. You could <laughs> you could cut that step out because it's been checked already. Because how many times is there a problem? Like none, right? Never. You get a one <laughs> one or two a day, but that's that's one or two errors that don't the consumer never gets that he probably will never see. Like I want all the cigars right-handed to be right-handed. I want all the cigars to be left-handed, left-handed. So I, you, you guys I understand it. what that is? A left-handed cigar and a right-handed cigar. So when you look at the swirl, how, how it goes on, is that a left-handed or right-handed person that rolled that cigar? Well, you or have the left-hand, left-hand and right-hand side of the wrapper. Yeah, you have to be ambidextrous to work for us. Okay. So, a left-handed binder has to have a left-handed wrapper. You ever see a cigar and it's got cross veins? You see in a lot of cigars. That's because the wrapper's right-handed, the binder's left-handed, or vice versa. Nobody I, sees it. No, now they will. Yeah, now but I, will. I want the barrel to be perfectly smooth in his hands. Like if you see the roller, you'll mm -hmm. see every time they take their finger, they have to do it and they have to pull this little fine vein because it bothers the crap out of me and my <laughs> lips, and I don't want you to have that in a cigar. And you'll notice the difference when you smoke. A cigar that's very smooth versus a cigar that's rough. You may and, not notice the one that's smooth, but you definitely notice the one that's rough. Yeah, you do. So the construction part is is very important. We actually check each cigar 18 times before they go in the box. And we draw test 100% of our production. We can draw test up to 19 cigars per second. And I think that every cigar should draw. I don't believe just because it's made by hand that you can expect two cigars that don't draw in a box. We check 100% of product. I went to a factory recently where they were doing, you know, the average 10%. And the cigars didn't draw. They were putting one in each box. Oh. And they said, well, it's a handmade product. I said, you're, you're ripping off the customer because if he's paying, and who knows how many more don't draw in there. But at least I know that there's one that doesn't draw in there. You know, we make a production of 100,000 cigars a day. What are we we're kicking on average? 13.4 yeah. cigars a day. It's, it's minimal. But that's 13 cigars that never went 
to a consumer. I want the consumer, when he buys 25 cigars, that he enjoys all 25 cigars, or for the example, the 30th. I want him to enjoy all 30 cigars. So, you know, it takes 10 years to get a customer. It takes three seconds to lose one. I want the cigars to be as perfect as possible, even though they're made by hand. I saw, and granted rare, but there was a cigar that didn't pass the muster, and it it was like a fire broke out. Yeah, <laughs> everything the, stopped. That that station stopped. The per, the manager was brought over. That cigar was carried over to a table. The roller that rolled it was brought over. Two managers sat down. They dissected the cigar in front of them. They open it up. Those must be expert rollers. The managers. Oh yeah, they're all they're all top card. They're our circle of trust. There and then they show the guy or the girl what was going on, and they went back and fixed the cigar. Yeah, they they get they get another shot to make the cigar again, which that way they don't lose any money. They lose ten percent because the lijero gets crushed in the middle from the press. So we put a leaf. We give them a brand new leaf of lijero. We actually have a specialist who opens up all the tobaccos where they can go back and make the cigar again, so it's perfect before it gets rolled and that way we just don't have seconds you know right it's it's, it's got to be perfect production or nothing and the average roller makes about 113,000 cigars a year and the average guy only gets a kickback of about 11 per year but mm. if you take 11 by the hundreds of rollers we have it could be a lot of cigars so the percentage is minute but it's 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 bothersome to me if i buy something i'm picky too I want it to be perfect. He's super picky. He'll tell you the same thing. We just want the cigars to be perfect. Well, we strive for perfection. I think the one thing I've learned from my dad and, and what our our workers, our whole team, is that you know my dad is driven by, to a certain degree, paranoia. He's paranoid because things have to be perfect. And I think having that mindset of being paranoid is what makes us special because we want to make sure everything's as perfect as possible. We're human. Nothing's 100%. But let's do the the best we possibly can. And that's really the, the mindset of our company. It's our culture. Do you get a roller came from somewhere else and then he comes to you and this is the way we do it over here and say, screw you. I get screw you all the time and I say, screw you back. I'm glad. I don't want you to work for me. Really? Yeah, a lot of good. Only about the attrition rate for guys that come from other facilities is about 30%. It's most, most people don't want to work for us if they're half-ass workers and right. a lot because of the demand of cigars, there are a lot of half-ass rollers there. So what we do is we give them five press molds. We see what they're doing. As soon as we see a guy not in tubing, we're like, you can't work for us. You got in tube. Well, it's too much work. I said, well, have a nice day. Screw you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it, it just doesn't work that way, but we pay the most. We have doctors on board. We pay the highest regiment of insurance. We take care of our workers We'd rather train new workers, which we didn't do. We opened up a facility in, in just south of Esteli, about 30 miles, and we have a training school there we've had for five years, and we've been able to build a lot of great rollers for the for the future. You know, we have a lot of older, experienced rollers, right. but you have to you have to train you people for the future. Yeah. Nick, that was something that uh, surprised me when I went. You know, you have doctors, right? So if anybody is worried about going to Nicaragua. Well, what about healthcare? Somebody had a problem on the tour, and the doctor came to them, made sure everything is okay. Yeah, we, so had, a, we had a guy break a tooth, and we had a dentist there <laughs> at the hotel who was actually brought his doctor bag and did and fixed his tooth. Huh. <laughs> yeah, we, we want to make sure that when guys go on the tour, we want to make sure that it, that's why we always ask, do you have any health issue? 
yeah. diabetic, whatever. We want to make you know, look. I'm the babysitter. I got to yeah. make sure that they're they're taken care of. They're you know they're flying to another country. Nicaragua is extremely safe. It's been voted the safest country in Latin America for 17 years. But I feel responsible for everybody that comes on the tour. So does Nicholson Arthur. So it's important for us, and we have doctors on board to protect our workers. If somebody gets sick, anything that, that's going on. If you look, for example, in our pre-industry that you were talking about earlier, these are the sorting and selecting facilities. Those tobaccos are powerful. A lot of people get woozy from the aromas of the tobacco. You'll notice we have, we have chocolate on each section. Sugar is a way, if you ever get woozy when you smoke a cigar, take a little bit of sugar, you'll come right back, and you, you won't be so woozy, you know, after that. And I talk about that on my YouTube channel, how not to get sick smoking a cigar, for example. But these are important things, and we really want to take care of our workforce, and we want to take care of the people who come visit the factory. Yeah, and safe. Super safe. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's another thing that the consumer will say to me. Nicaragua, and, you know, we hear all kinds of stories and stuff. You land on the plane, you get off the plane, and you go to a hotel that's right in the area, which is still three hours away from where you're going to go, but that's where you're going to stay the night because you traveled all day long. And yeah. what he decided to do, and I've been on both ways of getting off the plane and then going three hours after that, and you, you junk by the time yeah. that happens. You stay at a hotel. It's a nice hotel. You have dinner with the everybody. The advice I would give people is rest on that first day. because that, Yeah, that's exactly why we yeah. do it, Ed. We want, we want everybody to get to know each other. We all sit around. We can relax. Yeah. We smoke cigars. We have dinner. Everybody hangs out. And the next day we go, and it's a nice break yeah. period, which I decided to do several years ago. And it is better yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it take there's another a missing day, if that's what you want to call it and stuff. But that's your travel yeah. day. And your travel day going home is you're getting up in the morning and you're traveling all that three hours back. And then you're on the plane and you're off or whatever. I, I never mind that as much going home. You know, when it's time to go home, I just want to get there. Sure. So and people are rested by then. Yeah, so it sure. works out really good. Yeah. I found the, one of the most refreshing things on that trip is there was, uh, there was one guy in the group that was a little bit of a, a pain in the ass. And um, <laughs> you had said at the outside, it was the only real pause you took on the whole trip. We're ready to enter the box factory. And you waited for everybody to come up. And this guy was the slowest one to come up. And you kind of called him out a little. And you said, this is the only place that you can't smoke a cigar. And you stood at the door. And the guy came up with his cigar lit. And you said, do you listen to a fucking thing anybody says? <laughs> <laughs> Put that fucking cigar out right now. You can't smoke in the box factory. It's the only place on the whole trip you can't smoke. You can't smoke yeah, in we're here. we're going to blow up. It's so, a tinderbox. Yeah. Well, and it's not the first time that person heard it because right. you set the context early <laughs> in the day, remind people, and then check. Do you know why that happened? Several years ago, I had a guy from Seattle. He was six foot six. He was super slow, even though every step should have been five of our steps. He was just slow. I told everybody not to smoke cigars in the box factory. He had a cigar cupped. I didn't know it. I was standing by a 55-gallon pane of lacquer, and he threw the cigar in the lacquer. Oh. He thought it was a trash can, and it blew up. Thank God it went against the wall. Mm. If it would have hit me, it would have killed yeah. me. It burned, burned half the side of my hair, believe it or not. He's one of the four that were never invited back, <laughs> yeah. but um, it could have killed me. And uh, so I'm real resident. You can smoke anywhere, anytime you want. Everybody gets nine cigars a day. 
I always tell people, don't smoke all nine if you can't smoke nine. Enjoy them and take them home with you. Yeah. But it can be dangerous because you have so many flammable places in, in the box company. It's the only, it's 35 minutes in the, in the 24-hour day that they can't smoke because they get plenty of cigars. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it is a safe trip, uh, but I'm going to tell you about an unsafe trip. But first, let's think, make some beautiful music with Avo Cigars. From moments worth remembering to stories worth telling and notes Turn worth out. savoring, Turn Avo Cigars. Lyrics of top-charted songs. Can you guess the name of the song and the artist? From the wrong lyrics, or even the right ones. Avo Cigars. Okay, this is Name That Tune. You guys are into music. You're going to hear the wrong lyrics to a song. If you know what the song is, name the name of the song and the artist. And the first to click in is going to go first, and then everybody else can chime in Mm -hmm. after. If we don't have a a person that guessed at that point, we're going to give you the real lyrics to the song, and we'll try it again. Like if he says, May Brood. You might guess, Hey Jude, by the Right, Beatles. got it. Mm. So um, a year has passed since I broke my nose. A year has passed. Um, I know this one. I know it. I just clicked it. Uh, the police uh, message in a bottle. It he is. Got it. it is. A year has passed since, since I, I broke my, my note. note. Police message in a bottle. Huh? No. And Jonathan didn't even usually, he has a, a fight back that, for some reason, it wasn't correct, but he got yeah. it. He got it. All I right. Beat you again. When was that song I'm not written? Messing with my man Nicholas. What I is beat it? you again? What year? What year was that? Was that song written? Message in a bottle. 1981. What year were you born? 1992. It's pretty maybe good. 81. No, 70. Was it 78? I, I, I thought it was, it was late 70s. Yeah, You're right in the maybe area. 78. That it was. Good. It was um, definitely. Um, me, uh, my TV or whatever. What was that? MTV. MTV. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you sound I'm an old, old guy. I'm a old guy. What was the first song on he the He watches TV? me TV every night. Video killed the radio, radio star. star. By who? The bank. The, the Buggles. Yes. Oh, thank Ruggles. You. Thank you. Buggles. Ruggles. Thank you, Daddy Dave. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, 1979 for the release. Okay. Okay. Um, I was saying before, sorry to interrupt. I was saying before we started the show, uh, you are, first of all, an unbelievable handler of your dad. And, <laughs> and I say that with the utmost respect, and you do it with the utmost respect. But last night during the Q&A, there were a couple of times that you had to put him in check. And kudos to you, Nick, for allowing Nicholas <laughs> to just give you a little nudge every once in a while and say, okay, that, that yeah, you've gone he, far enough. He's, he's got no choice. <laughs> They're a fun family. He used to put and, my and grandfather ju- in check, too. Yeah, of course. And Not much. Yes, you did. <laughs> your your mother too. It's so funny being together with all of you. But your sister is quiet. She doesn't play with you guys like this. Oh Have yeah, I never seen. She does. Oh yeah. She's oh, shy. she's the toughest one. She's really? the toughest one. Bro. Yeah. Oh, I've never. I haven't seen that side of her. She's when, always. When I, when I was in politics, a, a, a girl said you should raise taxes. I said I'm never going to raise taxes. We have a spending problem, not a revenue problem. And she goes, well, we'll. She was a liberal, and she said, well, we'll. We'll recall you. I said, ma'am, I do this out of public service. Is what I, I don't even collect the check. I give it all to charity. I said, I don't succumb to any fear. I said, there's only one thing I'm afraid of in this world, and it was Natalie. She's like 11. <laughs> really? That's the only thing I'm afraid of, my daughter. Really? Oh, yeah. Sharp tongue, man. She is sharp as a tack. You know, she went to law school, and she's she is so 
uber I, smart. It's crazy. But I think crazy. she does it quiet, not around people like you guys do it in front of, <laughs> in front of people. I haven't seen that. Oh, she'll, uh, yeah, she'll awesome. rip in the air. She's got like a 190 IQ. She's uh, sharp. Huh. Nicholas, uh, uh, is this a memorable trip for some reason? It wasn't as safe as a trip to Nicaragua. <laughs> driving with Mr. Garofalo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were leaving here on Thursday, going heading over to my house, and Nick went with Roy, who, who's his rep, and um, Nicholas said, can I drive with you? And I said, sure. <laughs> Big regret. <laughs> Big mistake. And uh, we're driving, you know, th- this is New Hampshire, but it's not like cows are walking around and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a city, right? Yep. There's everything that's around here. And I just drive down the street here. I take a right on Main Street. I pass um, the pizza places yep. right there. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this big buck deer. Get the and hell I'm out of here. Antlers and everything <laughs> is big, large size. Comes diving out in front. I slam the brakes on. Boom, he smashes into the car, <laughs> tears the front license plate and the mounting of it off. How is this the first time I'm hearing this story? You haven't heard this? Know. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been hanging been out with the two of you jackasses for two days. You've been very antisocial this trip. You'd rather dance than hang out with us. <laughs> There's a screech from him and me at the same time. Uh, he, the, beat, the deer looks me right in the eyes as he goes. <laughs> and we completely stop. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, holy shit. And I pull over to look to see what kind of damage is gone. The license plate's gone. It's just this fur and stuff and blood on the, on the side, dent on the, on the hood of it. And I'm like, holy shit. Uh, where's the license plate? I'm looking around. I don't see it. And I said, I'm going to go look for that license plate because that's going to be a day at the DMV. To right. try to, that's a whole hassle. We have to have a license plate in the front and in the back. I have a 6,000-pound Tesla, uh, and this thing, he's dead, right? Oh, yeah. He, he, he ran off, but no doubt yeah. he, he internal bleeding. Dave, he's just sleeping. Don't worry. Someone's going to find a deer with a cigar license plate sticking out of its oh, hand. No, branded with a cigar license plate. Yeah. Because we found the license plate. Oh, all right. They found yeah. it. Yeah. We ended up taking a couple of turns, and he said, I, I saw it. I think I saw it back there. I'll go get it. And he gets it back, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know? Although, I got to say, uh, Chef Charlie and I were already at your house. By the time you got there, you were so casual. You just said, I hit a deer. It, it, was, like, it was like he hit a squirrel or something. It didn't seem to. But you know what's amazing? When you have a near-death experience, it's incredible what, what you think of in a millisecond. Because I started thinking, like him and I screamed like two girls for a millisecond. <laughs> And then I'm thinking, within that millisecond, please don't roll on top of the hood. Come through the windshield. Um, I love my daughter. I love my wife. Um, and, 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 and all these different thoughts within that millisecond. The deer gets rammed, falls, I think got back up and, yeah. and took off. Of course, it's dead because of the internal bleeding from the 6,000-pound okay. car at 40 miles an hour. Wow. Well, but Dave's, I will say this, Dave's reflexes. He is quick, man. No, I mean, he's not. He, yes, it was it's quick. It's the Tesla. No, 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 no. It detects danger no, no, no. and puts the brakes we on. We didn't even see it coming. It came from my side. We didn't see it coming because we were talking about tobacco, and then boom, you know, near-death yeah. experience. And then <laughs> we're in this whole time. And then we went right back to where we left off. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, yeah, it was just so strange. When Where you were walked. we? Oh, Visos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. Cameroon and rappers. We and, Cameroon. and we got the MB4 Roy Kirby. You even made it back with your dad. We I got know. Yeah, because we went and bought a bottle of wine and a bottle of oh, champagne. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, how the hell are we here no. first? Because we Dude, cause then you called me. That's what it was. Yeah, Jonathan so, was dancing. I was dancing. <laughs> just, just one question. As you looked into the deer's eyes, who was more surprised? You were the deer. Wow. It, it was, I mean, we we locked eyes, yeah. me and him, for sure. And antlers and a whole bit. I mean, yeah. this was a full-grown. You shared a moment. Yeah. I wish you had a car camera, that, that car it does. That, at that moment. So it records everything, right? Yeah. Even when I'm driving. Can we play it back? Can we get that? Maybe. So you try help me get it back, and we'll play it on the show Saturday. Let's go on YouTube. Yeah, you usually you have to tell it to save that, but... You know, because it rolls over at some point, so we'll have to see it. Maybe anybody can do it. Information can do it. that erases after a week, like a, yeah. like a security. Yeah, camera. but that was only Thursday night. I know. We it's just, Saturday. We have to look. Well, the two of you forgot to tell me, and I was standing next to both of you all night last night. We were busy. This trip. Mm. <laughs> so it, it's safer than a drive with Dave and his Tesla. <laughs> is is a trip to Nicaragua? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because there was no no deer that. It's a memory I'll cherish forever. <laughs> we go. All right. Hey, guys, thanks a million for everything. If somebody wants to go on the tour, they're thinking about it now, um, and you're still doing this year's tours, but if, if it's for next year, is there something they can do to get on a list or something to get yeah, notified? Th- yeah, they can call Juan Lorenzo at uh, 305-627-6700. You can find the factory number easily and uh, give Juan a call, and uh, he can get the tours. We start, we're, we're starting next year, 2024. At the end of January through February, we only got maybe 20, 20 available yeah. seats. Yeah, we got 463, so 37 more we can take. Okay. Yeah, we take, we're take. we doing 500. All right, so if time. you want to squeeze it in now, if not for next year, it's one, and you call their factory in uh, Miami and uh, say, let me know when this is up, mm-hmm. and if you got some planning to do, you need to have a passport Absolutely. for sure, so get to work on that because that isn't an overnight deal mm-hmm. anyway and maybe a buddy of yours but even if you go alone i'll tell you you went alone i went alone and you make friends oh absolutely it's because it's all like-minded people that absolutely. love cigars and uh you, you'll they're going to keep you busy the whole time anyway you get up in the morning have breakfast and then here it's comes the, the best thing breakfast you. you're going to have too yeah great so the food be. is good everything's good and even you Yes. Found things to eat. I had, know how picky that's you can right. be. That's right. So that is it for the after show next week. We're going to go through all the cigars we have smoked all these years. I've gone through 2,000 different boxes of cigars uh, is, is my capacity. I think I'm the leader because I started earlier than these guys. But both of them smoke more cigars than I do a day. So we'll see where they come up. And uh, um, is, is there something wrong with cigars if you smoke lots of cigars? No, there's 95-year-olds that are smoking 20 cigars a day, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all, right? Okay, that is it. Yeah, Nick certainly wouldn't put Nicholas teaching him smoking cigars. He loves his son. He wouldn't do it. So uh, that's how I feel with my daughter when I taught her to smoke cigars. Uh, There's nothing to it. So uh, we'll catch you Saturday on The Cigar Authority. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.